I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends, guys. Welcome back to our slash petty revenge, where people get little wins on others and the stories are super satisfying, not to mention hilarious. And in today's episode, guys, we've got power tripping Karens, bad neighbors, terrible teachers all getting taught lessons they won't forget. I hope you enjoy the stories. And as always, you can send or link your Reddit post to this email right here. Let's dive in. On this day, it's lunchtime, and I'm purchasing a sandwich and drink from a local supermarket. While I'm waiting in line, this woman is shrieking down her phone to who I can only presume is her now totally deaf boyfriend. She's visibly pissing off most of the people in the general vicinity with her swearing and general attitude of a full-on Karen. As it's coming up to my turn to check out, she's decided that she's fed up with waiting, and she puts her big bag of M&Ms in front of my lunch on the conveyor belt, and she says to me, I need to go first. Without so much as a moment to think, and without making eye contact, I pick them up, move them behind my items, saying nothing, and this sends Karen into overdrive. She screams at me saying, what the F are you doing? I respond, I was here first, you need to wait. At that, Karen says, F you, I'm on my lunch break and I have a very important job, blah blah blah. I say to her, it's lunchtime, everyone's on lunch, you have to wait. At this, Karen responds, F you, I asked you nicely. At this point, Karen throws her M&Ms in front of my lunch, still ranting, and now it's my turn to check out. Enter the awesome checkout girl. So after seeing the bag of M&Ms land on the conveyor, I decide, F it, you know what, I will accept her gracious offering. So I buy the M&Ms for myself, leaving her M&Mless. Of course, the battle was not over yet, more screaming was coming my way. Karen says, what the F are you doing, those are mine! To which I respond, nope, I'm paying for them now, and if you want M&Ms, you're gonna have to go get some and wait in line. At this point, she calls me a thief, saying, you stole my M&Ms. I tell her, no, I just bought the M&Ms that you rudely threw onto my pile of stuff. She then looks at me fuming, and she screams, I'm not getting any more. You give me my M&Ms back, you're a thief. Don't make me call the police. The cashier then chimes in and says, Ma'am, I suggest you go get a new pack and wait in line. There are people waiting. This gentleman hasn't stolen anything. He paid money for the M&Ms. And Karen's not having it. She's screaming, call the manager, get this piece of crap kicked out for stealing her stuff, so on and so forth. I then look at the cashier and say, You mind if I step out anyway? I have an important job and I'm on lunch. The cashier tells me, Sure, here's your receipts. And Karen says, Where the F do you think you're going? I just kept walking. To wrap up, the M&Ms were delicious. I shared them with my coworkers. And I don't know if Karen went back to go get some, but I highly recommend them. Now that is some delicious petty revenge against the Karen guys. And I can't help but to think how perfect it would be if that just happened to be the last packet of M&Ms. With that said though, I just want to say that had Karen asked nicely if she was able to go ahead, 
OP might have actually let her because a lot of people are really, really nice people until you mess with them. And this person says, you did better than I would have. I would have sent those M&Ms on a 50-yard streak pass straight to the deli counter without regards to the poor employee who would have to sweep them up. Or maybe I'm just in a bad mood. So about four years ago, I used to live in a nice HOA in a small town in Texas and enjoyed having only one neighbor over my backyard fence. The plot was about two acres, and the other side of the backyard butted up to a hay field. The stars were beautiful at night because virtually no light pollution, until the neighbor decides to install an incredibly bright security lights over their back porch, aimed right at my back patio and bedroom windows. Now I did try to ignore it at first and put up shades in the bedroom, but on the patio it was like having a bright LED headlight in your face all night. I consulted the HOA about adding a privacy addition to my fence to increase its height, and they said no because it's already at the 8 foot max allowed height. They said there was nothing in the bylaws or whatever about bright lights, so there was nothing they could do. So I hated for this to be the thing where we finally had a formal greeting after 3 years of back porch waves, but I walk over, ring the doorbell with $20. I politely explained how the light was causing the aforementioned nuisance and asked if there was any way I could convince him to point the light down or in a different direction, even offering to buy him a case of beer and a new motion-sensing light. He seemed nice and agreed to point it down, but after waiting a month, nothing changed. So I went back to have another polite conversation and he said he had changed his mind and that he was going to leave it on every night and leave it pointed as is. So here comes my petty revenge. Needless to say, I was a bit upset, diplomacy failed, and started figuring out how to win. If the military taught me anything, there's always ways to adapt and overcome. So I start researching fast-growing plants to create big privacy walls, reading through the HOA bylaws about what I could or couldn't plant, and if there were any repercussions for encroachment across the property line. With that, I quickly discovered running bamboo. Despite being very invasive, it would grow super fast to make the neighbor's house and light disappear from view, and there was nothing on the HOA books to prevent me from planting it, or cause legal recourse if it spread and grew on his side of the fence. The only thing he could do is cut anything that grew on his side of the line. So I pulled the trigger and planted a bunch of golden bamboo, which grows and spreads crazy fast in Texas, and it grows up to 20 feet tall. I didn't care if it took over the fence line because his house is 15 feet away from the fence, while mine was 50 yards away. So I planted a bunch right against the fence and only put the root barrier on my side to prevent it spreading into my yard. Within six months, his house and light were gone from view, replaced by a pretty bamboo jungle row at the edge of my yard. Within a year, he sent mailed letters complaining it was growing into his yard. They went right into the trash with no response. He did ring my doorbell once, and I looked at him through the window, but I didn't answer the door. I sold the house and moved two years after planting for a career opportunity. It's been two years since I sold, and I just checked the property on Google Earth, and his entire backyard is bamboo. Guys, who else wants the address to check this on Google, because that sounds epic. And yeah, the neighbor 100% deserved this bamboo revenge. Like, all the guy had to do was point his spotlights down. But no, the guy decides to start a war, and OP clearly won it. So this story takes place in the mid-2000s, when I was at a secondary school, which is basically high school for you Yankee doodle dandies. I was 13 years old, and going through that awkward stage in life where everything is changing in you constantly 
one thing that was changing was the amount of gas my body was making. After a particularly long series of curries and chilies that my family made on a regular, as they were cheap meals to cook, plus they were easy. This story takes place over a series of French classes, which I had a showdown with this very petty French teacher who we'll call Mrs. F. She regularly put kids in detention over everything, and while some was justified, like talking in class and not doing homework, for me, she decided that despite the fact I was a half-decent student who was courteous and polite, I would occasionally fart in class, and that was enough to put me in detention if someone smelt it and made a fuss. Now I tried everything to stay away from this woman's wrath, like staying at the back of the class by a nearby open window, to asking my parents if I can have something that was less likely to bring flatulence. She was out to get me. I was regularly being given detention, despite no obvious discipline issues. The school was also not obligated to tell parents why I received detention, and the teacher didn't want to share, I think. For a while, I kept it hidden, as both my parents worked until I got home anyways, and generally, I was thinking that they couldn't do anything about it. This was until I was put into after-school detention on my 14th birthday. Now, my parents always made a fuss about my birthday as it was close to Christmas, and they knew I liked a day where I could pick anything for dinner and anything to do all night long. Now, this detention was scheduled to last two hours, so there was no way I was getting home before mom and dad did, and they were pissed when they found out that for nearly two months straight, I'd been losing break times, lunch times, and hours of my home life to this woman's insanity in her efforts to get me to stop farting. My dad was home after mom every day, and he asked my brother where mom and I were, as my mother had to come get me after calling the school to find out that I was in after-school detention. She was planning to take us all for a paid reservation in this Italian restaurant, as my favorite food is, and always has been, lasagna. So while Dad's frantically trying to get the reservation changed to no avail, Mom is collecting me. When she finds out that Dad failed to get the money on the reservation back, or the time changed, she wasn't happy. She was pissed when she found out everything about why I was in detention, and how much time I'd spent in it. Bear in mind that until this point, I disguised my after-school detentions as doing extra work for school projects. So I was regularly just given bus money and told it's fine. So the following day after my birthday, my mom took the day off work. And I was called into the school office to have a sit-down with my French teacher and the headmistress. My mom let me say my piece first, and I told my mom that I was trying not to disturb anyone, but sometimes farts just happen. I made sure to be as innocent as possible. The headmistress then asked Mrs. F what compelled her to think that flatulence in class was worth so much punishment, to which she replied, because he needs to learn how to control himself. My mom then went on about how much money the family spent getting me home from school because I couldn't take the 3 o'clock bus that my bus pass covered, and they had to spend close to 15 pounds a week getting me home. She then added the cost of her workday she had to take off and the reservation they lost on my birthday, and then she did something I didn't see coming. She pulls out a pile of bus tickets and receipts, along with a pay stub from work, to demonstrate the cost that she was having to expend. She then goes, so is the school paying me for this, or are you, because I'm holding both of you responsible for the cost. In total, between the bus tickets and the lost reservation and pay for the day, it was about £250. That's when Mrs. F goes, I will discipline your child until he learns that he will not disturb the class with his disgusting body. I shrunk at the statement just a little bit, and then my headmistress said something I'll never forget. She said, don't worry about these costs, I can see your point that your child is not being a bad kid, he's just a bit gassy. 
Mrs. F, if you wish to put any child in detention from now on, I'll be reviewing it before approving the detention, as it's clear that you're abusing your power as a teacher. Now pay the lady her money and get back to work. The school office then handed the money to my mother, who proceeded to spend it on extra Christmas presents for me and my older brother that year. Oh, and how did my mom finish up her petty revenge? She told me to sit in front of Mrs. F's desk, and she loaded me up regularly on anything that'll make me gassy, with her never being able to punish me again. Yeah, so Opie might have one of the best moms out there, guys. <laughs> like, it's so funny how she's like, oh, your teacher hates the fact that you keep farting in class? Yeah, let's get really petty and turn you into a flatulence machine. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This story dates from last June. I was headed to San Diego for a conference. The night before, I went out for some drinks with a co-worker who would also be there. A few drinks turned into us pretty much closing down the bar. When I woke up at 6.30 that morning, I actually felt great. I figured I must have drunk my way through the hangover. This was of course a very stupid thought. And as the morning dragged on, getting through the airport, getting through security and waiting at the gate, my head decided that I'm an idiot and deserve to be punished. It wasn't wrong. So I make my way through the plane to my row, where I was to be seated in a window seat, a personal preference. As I approach my row, I see a woman sitting in the middle seat, with her belongings on my seat. I then politely say that that's my seat, and waited for her to move her bag. She then lets out an overly large sigh, and then she laboriously moves her things onto her lap. She then just sat there and sat, and I asked her if she would mind letting me by. And then she says the oddest thing. She says, just go over me. Now at first, I assumed that this was my fault. I assumed that in my awful, terrible hangover, that I had forgotten how people board cramped seats. And I was in the wrong for assuming that she would and should get up to let me in. But then I remembered I'm an idiot. So I assumed she had some sort of physical disability, which made standing and sitting difficult or painful for her. And rather embarrass her, I did what she requested. I went over her. Shortly before takeoff, she stands up and hollers at her husband, who was in the back of the plane with their two kids, saying, I don't know why you couldn't get us seats together. Honestly, this is absurd. Why didn't you? The woman was screaming so loudly, and I'm thinking, lady, I got an idea why. Now, for those who don't drink, there's a phenomenon called the beer craps. After a night of heavy drinking, you'll often have a large amount of gas and other things that go along with it the next day. About halfway through the flights, I felt this coming on, and I decided that I had no choice but to go. 
so I asked Karen if she could please let me out. The gentleman in the aisle seat immediately gets out, but again she says, no, go over me. Now by this point, I was pretty irritable. I had an awful headache, my stomach was doing somersaults, and I was about to blow an O-ring. And this miserable Karen wanted me to go over her on a moving plane? I then think, fine, I would. So I swing my right leg over her, getting my butt right in her face, nearly touching. I then released a full-on, seemingly never-ending fart. A cloud of noxious gas, which should have had me arrested for war crimes. I let the whole thing go. Afterwards, I turned, made full eye contact, and said, Sorry, turbulence. Everybody around me was fully, truly disgusted. And to them, I'm still so sorry, but I did what I did for the greater good. When I got back from the bathroom, she got up to let me in. Yeah, so reading this post, I knew what was going to happen, guys, but it still shocked me. And honestly, I'm surprised Karen did not hurl at that very moment, because a butt that close to your face, oh, disgusting. But hey, that's what the sub is all about, right? People being petty as heck, guys. And did Karen deserve it? Probably. Alright, so this takes place several years ago, at a company I used to work for. This particular company had a staff entrance at the side of the building, where the staff used to enter and exit, and there was a work car parking lot too. There was also a very posh entrance at the front of the building, which was reserved for the directors and any customers that visited. It was known that if any staff tried to use the front entrance, they would normally get told off for overstepping their rank. And yes, some companies are still this backwards, even in the mid-2010s. Anyways, this starts on one particular morning, where a customer I'd been working with was visiting our building. My boss's boss not only gave me free reign to come and go through the main entrance to facilitate our customer, but he also authorized a parking space for me in the posh executive car park. This was signed off by one of the directors. There was no issues, we had a great day, and the customer was very impressed. I also want to note that all cars parked in the executive car park had their keys kept by reception. I assume because mine was a Nissan key and not a posh BMW or Audi key, they weren't too bothered on keeping an eye on it. So feeling like I'd done a good day's work, I went back to get my car from the posh part of the building. Living in England, the rain had picked up, so I was looking forward to getting out of the bad weather. I had my hair done quite nicely, and it would be nice to come back home looking presentable. Now what I didn't know was that after 5pm, the posh entrance was closed. There's a secure gate to stop vehicles going in and out, and unfortunately my car was parked in the secure part. To make things worse, I left my car keys with the receptionist, who'd already finished for the day. This also takes place before taxi apps were commonplace, so I stood in the rain for about half an hour waiting for an overpriced taxi from the nearby railway station, getting more and more frustrated that I couldn't go home in my own car. So I end up in a taxi, very annoyed, hair and makeup ruined, staring at a bill for 50 pounds just to get home, let alone the trip back to work the next day, which costs slightly more due to rush hour traffic. When I went to grab my car keys the next day, I walked through the executive entrance. Within seconds, I was asked why I was entering through the door, and I said, Morning, you've got my car keys. My car is parked right there. Look, it's the blue car in space number 6. Now, I expected to just get given my keys and told to go away. However, when I was told, No, sorry, this is an executive entrance. Please exit the building. I politely said, look, my car's parked right outside. You have my keys in that box by your arm that you're pointing with. Can you just give me my keys so I can leave and take my car with me? 
Well, this didn't happen. The Karen behind the desk was so proud that they had some power over others that she told me only senior employees and customers are permitted here. Please use the side door. You're not authorized to use this entrance. Please do not try to enter again, otherwise you'll be written up. I wasn't rude, but I realized that being written up wouldn't be of any favor to me. The last thing I asked was that I had this written in a formal email, which the angry secretary was more than happy to do, including the phrases like gross misconduct and a serious lack of respect. Not only did I save this email to every folder in my mailbox, I printed it a few times and stored it in various places around where I worked, just so I could get a hold of it if I needed. So this is where the petty revenge is activated. Shortly after this, I told my boss that the senior team would not let me get my car back, and threatened to write me up for asking so. He was 100% behind me. He said if the company's holding your car, get taxis everywhere. He told me to get taxis for my commute, going to get lunch, my gym session in the evening, etc. So that's what I did. I left my car in the executive car park and I just took cabs everywhere. Basically my personal life. I took lunch out of the office every day. I went grocery shopping as I normally do, went to the gym, visited my parents, nights out with my boyfriend. I purposely left my car in that car park as long as I could. Until I got asked about it. All the time racking up taxi fares. I had it in writing from my manager, and since neither of us were executive level, we didn't want to push back. Rather, I just wanted to see how far I could push it. So after 7 weeks, one director noticed my car looking very sorry for itself in their car park. There was bird poo all over it, and it had a flat tire. We have car park passes, so it only took a few seconds to ask which employee car pass it belonged to. And when I was asked, I forwarded the email saying that I wasn't allowed to get my car back. And then I asked if I could get half an hour with the legal director, as I wasn't sure if this was illegal, preventing an employee from retrieving their own car. As soon as I mentioned the legal director, I was asked to come straight in via the posh entrance to speak to a few directors who had somehow made the time for me. They were quite nervously sitting around a table. And as soon as I mentioned the potential legal issue of withholding employees' personal possessions without due reason, The directors fell over themselves to apologize and say that it was just a miscommunication, and I was free to take my car back. I then asked why it took 7 weeks to get it at this point, and that I'd wanted my car back as soon as possible because it was my car. The directors had no answer, and they were surprisingly very quiet. And this is where it gets fun. So I presented a bill for about £3,000 of taxi fares over 7 weeks, and said that this needed paying. Furthermore, as my car now has a dead battery and it looked awful, the company could also pay for a tow to my car dealership, pay for car detailing, and a full dealership service and health check, plus two months finance that I was paying on the car that they had in their possession. I also told them that I would no longer entertain any customers going forward, and pulled out the printout that I was supposed to be able to park there and entertain customers as necessary, signed off by one director in that very room. The atmosphere was not only tense enough that you could cut it with a butter knife, but I felt a resounding feeling of deflation from the directors, who realized that they had effed up by asking employees to do their work for them, like showing customers around, and then doubling down by kicking those employees out of their corner before the job was complete. All in all, it cost the company over £6,000 just because I wasn't allowed to go and get my car back from the manager's parking lot 
because a secretary did not let me. I also heard through the grapevine that as I declined to carry out any customer hospitality visits, that this one particular customer wasn't impressed that their previous friendly, knowledgeable folks were no longer available. My boss who supported me all the way had stood behind me and said that his team would also no longer carry out customer visits. Our customers weren't amused when directors took them to golf and posh dinners but made no commitments or shared any information on the work that we'd been doing with them. They didn't renew their seven-figure contract. I'm not sure if I was just told that to make me feel better or not, but either way, smiles all around for me. My little car is still going strong. I'm in a much better place, and whenever I drive past the company building, I give them a salute. And I'll let you guess how many fingers I use. I did hear a bit later when my boss went to see the angry secretary, presumably to try to cool things down, she also told him to get out. He was told no, but then he asked if she could swipe him through the side entrance, which was an all-employee corridor. She said no, go back outside. As mentioned, this is England. It was pouring rain. He was wearing a suit as he was seeing a customer later. No matter, she stood by saying no. Now, he doesn't take BS anywhere near as much as I do. He's got nearly 40 years in the company, and they know they can't lose him. He then used his very expensive laptop as an umbrella instead, got back to his desk with a completely dead machine, and then billed the further £3,000 for a new machine to the secretary's company code. He made sure her name was on the bill. So fast forward three months, and for some reason, the directors were down one angry secretary. I can't imagine why. Yeah, it sounds to me like that secretary had way too much power, guys. And like, what kind of company doesn't allow employees access to their vehicles? Absolutely insane. Like, Opie has so much patience for going almost two months without her car, though. Like, I'd be going crazy after I was told no. With that said, this post does highlight a very important truth, though, guys. Always get things in writing. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash petty revenge. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy, crazy stories. And if you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, it's an r slash entitled people where a Karen mother tries to poison OP because she hates her. It's so crazy. So go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.